That's what it feels like to me. There you go. Hey, welcome to episode 23 of the Connect Podcast. I am here. Matt Manning. Good to be here. Reagan Ritchie. Hi. So excited to be with you guys. Today we are talking about sex parties in the church because everybody knows Christians do it best. Something like that. I'm not even sure I have anything to say. <laughs> I didn't think that you did. Uh, no, uh, we're, we're going to get into some of uh, just different scandals that have come out and how we respond to that later on in the show. But uh, we're going to start off today uh, with talking about what are some uh, of your first first dates, maybe a crazy face dirt, face dirt no, first date story. Uh, we have on here uh, maybe a mistake. That must be yours, Reagan. You have, you have a mistake. The don't do's on your first date? I had some mistakes made to me. Got you. That I can share. Got it. Yeah, oh, you should just lead with that. Yeah, jump into that. Yeah, I, go with I, it. I'm intrigued. Let's hear. Yeah? Okay, so um, I went on a date in college with a guy who was in one of my classes, and he asked me out, and I didn't, I didn't really like him, but I thought, hey, he asked me out. That was really nice. I'll just go. Um, There's so mistake we, one. <laughs> um, <laughs> didn't like the guy, but yeah, yeah let's give it a shot. But you let's don't know, you don't know until you don't know, right? That's you exactly. Know, give okay. people a shot. So we were on our way to the aquarium in Denver, and I just got, I just had this really weird feeling, and um, after just asking me some small talk questions, he dives into, um, "Have you ever smoked marijuana? How do you feel about that?" Have you ever been drunk before? Do you do drugs? And um, I went to a Christian university. There's a roofie pill. Have you yeah, ever had this Yeah, I was before? just like, <laughs> <laughs> it just, it took a turn really quickly. And I've we, wrapped it in chocolate. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we hadn't had many conversations. And so to just jump into that. Um, and then later, I, later in this day, as we were walking through the aquarium and I, you know, you're sp- supposed to spend hours in the aquarium. I walked through that thing in 45 minutes. Like I was just going. Um, And I don't know, the middle of this date, he like sits me down and he was like, I just want to tell you something. I think our stories are really similar. My past contains like asking homosexual questions of myself. And I like looked at him and I was like, our stories are in no way the same. It's getting better and better. Right? And so it was just, it was intense. It was too much. So, um, probably don't do that yeah, don't <laughs> is my there. recommendation yeah. too much too soon yeah and um he had asked me like what my story was like how i came to be where i am and then then he said our stories are so similar like mm-hmm. i had this past and i was thinking yeah what yeah <laughs> no yeah. <laughs> you must have not listened to anything i said right, right? Yeah. Yeah. at so least he didn't propose <clears throat> at the end that's oh, true or he's true. on a podcast right now somewhere else and he's going man i had this first date Man, I just really opened up to this girl that I really yeah, liked. She, she shut me shot. down. She shut me down. Yeah, because yeah. that's just how she... <laughs> Probably. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Got it. Don't don't reveal your hand too quickly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then if you don't know the girl, maybe don't ask her super intense questions. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Maybe he just needed drugs. I don't know. <sighs> You see, I don't know either. The, I scratch my head to this day. <laughs> Years later. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The qu- unknown yeah. questions. That's right. Well, yeah. you had a great first date with your wife. I did. Well, I was just going to say, for you, though, thankfully there's Facebook. You could find this guy and ask him, right? He's probably married, has three kids. No desires. Oh, okay. Up. All right, fine. Don't follow up. That's fine. Yeah, no, actually, uh, my wife and I, our very first date, I took her to the Cheesecake Factory downtown, and uh, she... Uh, was allergic to cheesecake. No, but she got sick. Oh. She like got a flu bug, and so we had to like 
as soon as our food came, we boxed it all up, and I took her back, and that was date one, oh. was her getting the flu bug. Yeah. A really funny story, actually, is the first time she said, I loved you, because mm-hmm. she said it to me first. So I drop her off. She was going to Regis University at that time, and I dropped her off at, her, at, at the door for her to go upstairs, and uh, she's like, I love you. And I said, okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> she said she went up to her room and cried and thought I was going to break up with her the next day. <laughs> but I didn't. I'm a processor. You do. Yeah. You do process. I have to process stuff. And so I went home. She surprised you. You didn't I know I thought about it. I came back the next day and I said, so, you know, those things you said yesterday, I love you too. <laughs> that made everything better. Well. No, it didn't I, make everything better. <laughs> it, there's some healing still. Uh, and. <laughs> no, it, it's good. It, it makes for a good story. In high school, I always got compared to Ross, mm. and I hated that, mm. like from friends. Yep. And over and over again, I learn more things about myself that are similar to Ross that I just go, ah. <laughs> I am he. That's too bad. Yep. The, the episode when he can't flirt, that's totally me. I have no idea how to flirt. I'm makes terrible. Sense. Well, that's good for what yeah. we're talking about today. Was I talking about gas? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, more so than anything else. So, right. <laughs> What about you, Matt? Yeah, so one of the um, first dates, I guess it could be terrible. My wife loves to talk about it, actually. Is so in college, there was this uh, girl who liked me. Um, and at that time, like I was pursuing my, you know, future spouse in Sarah. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, there's like a group of us going out that night and uh, Sarah wasn't going. She was going to go somewhere else. And I kind of bailed out. And then another group kind of went off. Well, when I bailed out, this other girl also bailed. And she was like, like, here's my chance. And so she's like, hey, you want to go do something? And I'm like, uh, okay. And so we went out. So you and both that. have that story. Yeah, yeah. So I was, <laughs> so I was uh, out with her and we were having a good time, all that kind of stuff. And then I was like, you know what? I think Sarah is at Barnes and Noble because she's a total dork. My wife is. And so mm-hmm. she, you could always find her at a bookstore if you mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. during college years. And so um, we stopped by the Barnes and Noble. What is a bookstore? Yes. Elaborate for me. Don't, don't <laughs> exist anymore. Um, yes. It's when you open your iPad and oh. all the books show up. Ooh. Pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We call those bookstores. Uh, and so anyways, walked into the Barnes and Noble and uh, there was Sarah. And so um, walked up to her and invited her for, you know, to the rest of the party for the evening of which she didn't want any, you know, cause this was like her best friend. And so, um, anyway, she loves to tell that how I dated her best friend and then also tried to get her to go on oh, the date with us and funny. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So oh, Sarah, and the person awesome. you actually wanted to see. <laughs> yes, that's right. I gave Aww. you some bells. I thought you deserved that. Thank that you. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's where that's at. Now on my second date with Sarah, um, she did the grill. We went to Shakespeare on the Green, mm-hmm. and I didn't hear any of it. Mm-hmm. I ate a Subway sandwich, and I got grilled with all kinds of questions about life and where I was heading. Gotcha. Yeah, so that second date maybe is okay, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. It didn't scare That's, me away. Yeah. yeah. I feel like ours was fairly certain, too. So when Christiana and I started dating, I was only home for three months because I was living in Ireland at the time. And so we started hanging out, and I feel like we had a, a pretty early on heart-to-heart as well. Mm-hmm. But After she said... She loved you? No, that was later. That was that later. Came later. Okay. That came later. Yeah, it was really weird. It's like the first time we hung out, and she's like, I love you. So let me go home and think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some space. Oh, man. No, uh, so there's a, a guy named uh, Stephen Crowder. Uh-huh. 
Stephen Crowder has a podcast called Louder with Crowder, and he does this thing where he sets up a booth somewhere and sits down and, and has whatever topic he wants to talk about, and he, he puts the sign up and says, I believe this, change my mind. And so we're going to play a fun game called Change My Mind today, and uh, Reagan's going to walk us through it. She's going to give us some topics for, and, and Matt and I, we, I haven't prepared for this. You haven't really prepared for this. We don't know what each other's answers are, but we're going to find out uh, if we agree or if we're going to have uh, a showdown. There we go. Yeah. Okay. So I want you two to imagine that I am louder than Crowder. So I'm sitting with the sign. It's a very and, nice beard. And, right. And this is what it says. So you guys debate, like change my mind first, that creamy peanut butter is better than crunchy. Go. I agree. I agree. It absolutely is better. Okay. Tell me why. Yes. Because when you're eating it, it doesn't crunch <laughs> in your face. Like that's a weird feeling. Sure. Here's what, can I tell you the real reason why I hate crunchy peanut butter? Yes. It doesn't spread well. This on bread. Is, that was going to be my second yes, point. It like destroys the bread. It That's absolutely true. Who wants does. That? And then you have holes and yeah. your jelly lips drips out of that's your right. sandwich. And that's no good. No good. So, no it, good. so whoever's out there and loves crunchy, maybe eat it on a spoon and make it feel, I don't know. Or just eat peanuts. Just eat yeah. peanuts. Just yes. go right. with peanuts over yeah. cream. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you. Okay. Okay. Good. Great. All right. Change my mind. Marvel is better than Star Wars. One, two words, baby Yoda. <laughs> That's it. But now you have two words, Wanda Vision. Oh. Have you seen it? I have, and I I love it. I know it's breaking <laughs> the internet. Yes. Yeah. No, not, this doesn't say that I'm not a big Marvel fan. Yes. Like, it is like 1B in my life. But mm -hmm. Star Wars, I mean, lightsabers... Yeah. Jedi's, Baby Yoda, Sweet Mandalorians. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I could go on all yeah. day about well, this. And, and they're coming out with more series. Yes. Like, that's the thing that we just started as a family. So on Sunday nights, we go to my parents' house. Mm -hmm. And uh, usually because Christiana works till 7. Yeah. And so it's like 4 o'clock, and I think, man, what am I going to do for dinner? And my mom lives a few blocks away. And I say, hey, Mom, you want to collaborate on dinner? Oh. <laughs> but it's become a tradition for us to go over there. And so last Sunday, we started, I looked up, because we watched WandaVision, and, yeah. and we haven't seen all of the Marvel movies, and we're like, okay, whose vision, how did he How did he come to be? So we went and watched Age of Ultron and, uh -huh. and kind of learned where Wanda came from and her brother and all that stuff. But now what we've decided to do is just go in chronological order yeah. through the whole thing. So we just watched Captain America nice. um, to start it off, and I'm excited to actually go through the whole thing. But I like that with Star Wars, too. Yeah, we've done it all. So... You know, it took us because there's, you know, a bazillion movies when it comes to Marvel, but we went chronologically all the way through Marvel. And then um, this Christmas, it was a big Christmas because my daughter turned eight. Mm -hmm. And when you're eight, you get to watch the Harry Potter series over Christmas oh, break. Like yes. we just binge Harry Potter. Yep. And so we had this like uh, crisis because she also wanted to watch Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I just don't know how to pick Star Wars or Harry Potter, but she mm. wanted to watch both. And then all of a sudden, this became a parenting thing for me because I was like, honey, you have to choose Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the best <laughs> That's ever. That's right. Mm -hmm. And then she chose Harry Potter. And um, since then, we've watched the Star Wars, too, as well. Mm -hmm. So we've gone through all the Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And now she tells me that Star Wars is her favorite. Aww. That's good. Only because she knows that if she said Harry Potter, it would disappoint me. Yes. And so my boys tell me that yeah. their favorite's Harry Potter. Yes. And then I tell them that Mercy is my favorite. Oh, so, yes. Say say Harry Potter's the best. Go ahead. Go ahead. You'll you'll appreciate it. Just say it. Harry Potter's the best. 
next. Mm. All right. Oh. See, I knew you would. Yeah. I knew you'd like it. So, uh, okay, next. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, this this one is tough. It's a, it's it's a tight race, but The Office is better than Parks and Rec. Oh man, these are so great, both of them. Mm-hmm. I, I would still go with The Office as the best, but Ron Swanson, yes, <laughs> right, is amazing. Yeah. There's a lot of killer characters on Parks and Rec. I like Andy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I feel mean, like you could relate to Andy. Yeah, me and Andy. <laughs> you and Andy are. We, we would hang out Type. and be friends. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, but I mean, I would watch The Office all day long. Yeah, I think The Office is like, like Parks and Rec is fun to watch through, but The yeah. Office is like it just comes on and it just mm -hmm. feels like home. It's like, right. oh, I can just, yeah. I can just spend all day here. It's yes. the the only other show that would do that for me would be probably Friends. Okay. That I could mm -hmm. sit and watch Friends. It doesn't matter where it's at, and quotes are always popping in my head. You know, it did today. So that's true. It's good. Well, around here, between you and me and Tim, mm -hmm. Chris, like most days, there is an office quote somewhere. Absolutely. In the day. Otherwise, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. Day doesn't you have count. to start over. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's great. Okay. Um, one more fun one. Change my mind. Mexican food is better than Italian. Yes, it is. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know that I can I'm change your mind. I'm learning why I have a job yeah. here now. <laughs> I do like pizza, though. And pizza is Italian food. Is it? Barbecue chicken pizza? <laughs> that's not Italian. <laughs> that's, that's American <laughs> You pizza. don't even like pizza. I love pizza. You do not. You I eat, do. like, bread with, then you pull off the cheese, and you're not even eating pork on it. Like, <laughs> everything. That, basically, you, you like garlic bread. <laughs> you want to hear? I do like breadsticks an awful <laughs> lot. But I do. So last weekend, uh, we went to our friend's house, and Saturday night we ordered Domino's. And then after church on Sunday, uh, we got uh, Little Caesars, and then we had leftover Little Caesars for dinner. Yeah. And then on Monday, we had leftover Little Caesars and Domino's for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 48 hours of pizza, and I was totally fine with it. I, mean, I would be more than overjoyed with that. When I was in Israel, we went to this mall. And I was super pumped because I was like, they had a Pizza Hut. And I was like, <gasps> yeah, like finally real food. Because mm -hmm. American food is the only real food. That's and right. so um, I was tired of full offals. That's what I call them. <laughs> oh, man. So I don't like full offal. I don't either. You That's why I call it full offal. There we go. We, fa we yes. found the commonality. Yes. Changed my mind. Yeah, that's right. Yes, there you go. Full aren't awful. Yes. So anyways, there's a Pizza Hut. And I was like, oh, praise Jesus. And I go running to the Pizza Hut. And of course, they don't put meat and cheese together, right? Meat and dairy, because it's against the law mm -hmm. there, right. uh, the dietary laws. And so it was like cheese pizza with olives, which is like the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. Only thing worse could be pickles on a pizza. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can And do so that. that's all that they had oh. was just olive and cheese pizza. And I was like, this is this is not Pizza Hut. Yeah. But so did, you didn't like it. Did you eat it? Did you get it anyway? Yes. Could you get it? Uh, yes. Could you could you get it without olives? Yes, I did. Just have straight cheese. Nope, nope. It was just all of it was olive pizza. That's all they had there. It was just olive pizza. Oh, so man. Mexican food is great. I love Tamale Kitchen. I start at Tamale Kitchen every Sunday mm -hmm. before if I'm preaching. Me and the lady, mm -hmm. she knows how to make my burrito with extra juicy green chili. Oh, it's nice. my favorite meal. Mm. I love. Those I do traditions. like. I grew up on Taco Bell. And hated Mexican food yeah, for that's a really not long Mexican time. food either. So <laughs> but pizza's I, not really Italian, and right. Taco yes. Bell's not really yeah. Mexican. <laughs> I'm an American. I can't help it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I've I've learned to really really love Mexican food as well. Yeah. So yeah. especially the smothered burrito. Did you know smothered burrito is not something that is everywhere? It's that's Colorado true. and New Mexico. Yeah, it's it's New Mexican food. It is. I went down to New Mexico and I got the whole like spiel. Yeah. 
on uh, the difference between New Mexican and Mexican food. Mm-hmm. And Pastor Chris and I were there with a group of people, and we convinced that whole group of people that we could only eat New Mexican food the whole time we were there. Mm-hmm. And so for three straight days, every meal was something New Mexican. That's cool. <laughs> when we moved, we moved to Iowa and kept asking for smothered burritos, and no one had a clue what we were talking about. We are like, yeah, just smother it with some green chili. And they're like, Okay, and so they like chopped up green chilies and like sprinkled it on top, like sprinkled. Oh. <laughs> so, like, no, I, I even took a picture and I said, "This is like a green chili sauce," and they just could not understand. They Couldn't did not put it get together. it. Mm-mm. So yeah. it's a beautiful thing. I like being in Colorado. With have you heard of the slopper? Mm-mm. Slopper started in Pueblo, and that's a cheeseburger covered in green chili. Oh yeah, a lot Whoa. of people do that. Mm-hmm. The slopper. Yeah. You put green chili on it, I'll eat it. That's right, I, and that's how I like breakfast actually. Like, I'm not a big breakfast eater, but if you throw some green chili on whatever it is, outside of probably pancakes, I don't know if I could do pancakes and green chili, but like on eggs, eggs and green chili, sausage and green chili, perfect. any of that, omelet and green chili, Yeah, count me in. So were these all real statements from you, Reagan? Um, yes. Yep. They're all my opinion. That's right. right, Except for the last one. And so we argued against it on a lot of them. So you like Marvel more than Star Wars? Oh, that's the one that I don't have an opinion on, okay. really. No. I Like you, I have not chronologically seen all the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. They I are have, amazing. I mm-hmm. have seen Star Wars, but not The Mandalorian. So I know the mm. hype about Baby Yoda, but I don't know what this means. Mm. So yes, I, I feel like growing to do. Yes, uh, that's what I was going to suggest, is that okay. you probably have some growing in your life. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, you're about to wrap up seminary. Yes. And you're, gonna, you're about to be given the gift of time. Yes, mm-hmm. that's such and a good so point. I, I cannot wait. And you should start with 30-minute episodes of The Mandalorian. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I feel like I need to go back and start Star Wars from the beginning and then go into The Mandalorian. At least at four. Right? Of course. Yeah, no, one sets the tone. Okay. Yeah, you got to go one, two, uh, actually, three. People hate solo. one, two, and three, and I don't know why. Yeah, they yeah. didn't age well. But yeah. one, two, three, solo, Rogue One, four, five, six. That's right. Seven, eight, nine. But if you really want to watch it, you got to go Mandalorian between... Six and seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because well, that'll be that would be good. I'm gonna have you two make spreadsheets for me. Uh-huh. You'll do Marvel. Sh- you'll do Star Wars. And I just I'll googled it. I said Google. I googled Chronological Marvel order. chronological. I can order. give you that one too. I'm a nerd. Yeah, came I right up. It. We'll probably run out of time yeah, before great. I could start talking about movies. That would be fun. We'll have to do that challenge sometime. I wonder if you could name all of the Marvel movies in order without looking. We won't do it today. But that would be far. next that'd week's be, game. That'd be a fun game. We'll do that. Uh, all right. Well, uh, there is always stuff going on, and no one is susceptible from screwing up, right? We all screw up all the time. And so uh, we know uh, Robert Kraft is the, the Patriots uh, owner, and he got in trouble a few years ago uh, for going to a massage parlor down in Florida. There's videotapes of it. It came out. It was a big thing for about a week, and then it kind of went away. Um, it wasn't and just Shaw's parlor. It was extra benefits. At that's right. Parlor. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, so the reality is, is that the Christian celebrities, if I don't know what else to call them, that's kind of what they are, right? Yeah. Um, are, are just as susceptible to falling into sin and temptation as anybody else. And so uh, recently, uh, Carl Lentz, uh, he was the now former pastor of Hillsong NYC. Right. Uh, it came out that he had an affair. Uh, with a lady, and Ravi Zacharias passed away, and Ravi, man, he's been an an apologist, which is basically just a defender of the Christian faith for longer than I've been alive, I think. I don't know. It's been a really, really long time that he's been doing that and kind of been like 
the staple of, of, of apologetics, really. Um, and so he passed away, and then all of this evidence came out about, same thing with massage parlors and uh, all kinds of scandalous stuff. And so uh, I, I don't know if you have more information than that, Reagan, that you wanted to share about those things. But uh, I'm just, I'm curious, as a Christian community, what is the appropriate way to respond to some of this stuff? And I'll, I'll turn it to you first, Reagan. I don't know if you had more insight to, to some of those guys. Um, I, not specifically, but just so Carl Lentz had an ongoing affair and um, he was fired not only for that, but because of narcissistic behavior that was pointed out in him. Um, and this went on for years. It was a long time. And um, I think that his statement, he really uh, was regretful about how he had damaged his family just because this it wasn't just a quick thing. It was a long time. Um, committed affair. And then um, Ravi Zacharias, um, I, I think this is something we can speak to as well, is what was found on his phone after he died. Um, pictures, text message correspondences. Um, there was a lot of um, sexual abuse, um, and he owned some massage par parlors that are more than massage parlors um, uh, in the Middle East as well, and, um, and then here uh, on this side. Which... I mean, some of that baffles me too, because it's not just like a "oops, I messed up." It's like you really invested. Yes. I mean, deliberate. Yes. Yeah. Super, super deliberate and and lengthy. Yeah. You know. So um, I I would say also two things about well about all three is just this double life going on, mm -hmm. um, and the power of sexual sin, um, and that it being something they did not ever expect to come out. Sure. Yeah, I know that with Ravi in particular, it was a super surprise to me to hear about it. And I'm sure that my initial response was, no way, yeah. right? Like, prove it to me. But then evidence comes out. So Yeah, it's both heartbreaking and disgusting yeah. at the same time yeah. in that space. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple ways you could respond to this. Uh, and Matt, maybe you can just give us some thoughts. Maybe how does what is your initial reaction like how, I mean, you just said, like, it's heartbreaking and disgusting. Maybe you can unpack that a little bit. And maybe uh, then you could also talk about as you process what that looks like for for a, a community to, to move forward after that, wh what does that look like for us? I mean, uh, I know for me, uh, I've heard it described, this is a really terrible analogy, but, you know, like, brownies are really good. But if you know that someone, like, dropped a piece of, like, poop and blended it up into the brownie, like it ruins the whole brownie, you're not going to eat any of it, no matter how good it is. Uh, and I don't know how true that is, with especially with apologetics, because he did such a good job of defending the faith in really good ways. Does that discredit everything that he did? Uh, pastor, uh, you know, he's, uh, Carl's in, in, you know, running Hillsong and, and having really good ministry happening out there. Does that mean his ministry doesn't count anymore? And those are just kind of some of the questions that I have as I think through it. And so uh, I'll just turn it over to you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think that when it comes to this reality, like failure is within all of us, right? Like we're all just one really bad decision away from really ruining our lives, our legacy, our ministries, our businesses, whatever it might be. And I think that when people start out, nobody like sets out to fail. You know, the, I don't, yeah. there's not a ministry leader who hey. like, yeah, came out of Bible college or seminary and was like, you know what I'm going to do? Like yeah. totally ruin everything that I've worked for. Right. But I think like a couple of things that like happen along the way, particularly like 
you know, in the mega churches and bigger churches. I'm sure it happens in smaller churches as well. But like the reality of, um, you know, the, the bigger the church, there is this reality of like when we forget that we're servants and we start to think of ourselves as king, mm-hmm. uh, there's a clock that starts ticking mm-hmm. in that space. And that the only reason that we have any of our influence that we have is because God's given it to us. And when we lose right. sight of our servant heart in that um, and start acting or thinking that we're the kings like or queens, that is a uh, a bad place a big uh, no, to no. be yeah, in that. And I think like part of that thinking actually comes from in our culture right now, which is really weird, is that if you are a good speaker, um, people put you on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. And that means uh, you're the best. It means you're the best, right? Yeah. That yeah, you're you're on this stage, you're on a pedestal. People say really good things about you, and um, pretty soon all you hear is how great you are, yeah. and none of your flaws. And um, that's a hard space. That's a hard space to live in for very long. And then I think that like probably another part of that is they probably most leaders um, that we're talking about today uh, that they're driven people. They want to succeed. And part of that drive, I think, is in terms of vocation and work world, ministry world, that sometimes we forget to take care of the things that are needed to be taken care of at home. Mm-hmm. And so, like, personal story uh, in this is that um, one of my mentors, um, like, part of the reason I am who I am as a senior leader, a senior pastor, is because of Bill Hybels. So mm-hmm. part of my training here at Crossroads Church was for four years was to go to a leadership a conference meant for senior leaders, senior pastors of churches. And we would be in small groups of 15 to 20 people. And we would have access to some of the greatest leaders out there. People like Henry Cloud, uh, Mm -hmm. Bill Hybels, uh, Mark Miller from Chick-fil-A, Patrick Lencioni. And so um, as part of that four years of training, um, I spent a fair amount of time with, you know, um, these guys and particularly Bill Hybels, somebody that I looked up to, Mm -hmm. um, somebody who, um, you know, I had dinner with every four years and got to ask questions and, and be a part of. And when he fell at Willow, um, there was, there was a time of real like tension in my life. Like, is there anything that he did that I could actually trust? Yeah. Right. And there was this turmoil within me. And I finally got to the spot where, um, just because he fell in this way, doesn't mean that what he had to say about leadership or pastoral ministry or whatever was not true. I mean, obviously he was a great leader who made big mistakes, but you don't go from planting a church to bringing it to 30,000 people without being a great leader. Mm -hmm. And so um, to be able to begin to separate some of those pieces, but to realize that we're all fallen. And I guess that when I look at the scriptures, uh, one of our greatest characters in all the scriptures is King David. And he was far from perfect when (laughs) when it came to uh, sexual sin. And I sometimes sit back and I wonder, like in today's culture, um, what would we do with someone like King David? You know, mm-hmm. seven wives, a harem of women, um, a murderer, yeah. you know? Um, and yet we're told over and over again that he's a man after God's own heart. That guy's great. Yeah. He's a man <laughs> after God's own heart. And, and so it's like, you know, King David, he would probably never al- be allowed to be a pastor in our culture. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't let him serve on a board. Um, you know, we wouldn't let him in the youth ministry. We certainly wouldn't let him speak about marriage. Like, but what would we do with a guy who is a man after God's own heart, but has serious sexual sin in his life that he just cannot beat? And mm-hmm. that's a perplexing question to me. I don't know that I have an answer. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a good podcast today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm with you. I feel like the reality is, is that we all mess up, right? Yeah. 
uh, and in different ways. And we all have different ways that we we struggle. Um, but the more popular you get, or the you know the more put on the pedestal you get, uh, the the more those things tend to affect other people. Um, and I think that's the big thing about sin too, is we always think that, oh, my sin doesn't affect anybody else, but it always affects other people, right? Yeah. And that, that's really why... Particularly in positions of leadership. Absolutely. And, and I think that's why, why God specifically says, don't do these things, because you're not just hurting yourself, but you're hurting other people. And I actually care about other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I care about you too, um, but I don't want your mistakes to trickle out. So I know that when I think about why do bad things happen and, and why does God allow it to happen? It's because you make the choice, hey, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm now the king. God, you're not. And and we see the ramifications of that and then the breakdown and the hurt and the pain that, that comes out of those things. And so, uh, but I, I don't want to discredit everything that really God is the one at work, right? So even if they're using a fallen person like King David or they're using a fallen person like Ravi Zacharias, I don't want to discredit all the work that God has done through that individual just because the individual messed up. Well, at the end of the day, God uses broken people, right? None of us are perfect in that space, and he uses all of us in that. And Rahab? Yeah, Rahab. Yeah, prostitute, right? Like So we go down that road, and and we have to be able to go, God is at work in broken people all the time. Mm-hmm. I think it's the moments that we start to think that we are either without sin or that people start to view us without sin as leaders that we can we can fall pretty hard. And I would just say like one more thing, but I do want to hear what Reagan has to say from a female perspective. But when it comes to Christians, uh, leaders, I don't think they just wake up one day and go, this is the day that I fall. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Hey. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is it. Like it's actually, <laughs> it's kind of the slow... The slow process, right? There you go. There's your bell. My, my volume was off. There you go. Yeah. I fixed it. It's like, it's like here's a little flirting here, right? I'm going to, you know, dabble in a little bit of porn here. Mm-hmm. It's not one drink, but that one drink becomes two, three, four, five a night, right? And then pretty mm-hmm. soon you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you don't know who you are, right? You're looking at your mirror and you're disgusted by the person that you're looking at. And yet, because of the way that culture treats Christian celebrities, you're put on this pedestal that who do you turn to in that moment? What does that look like? And so here at Crossroads, one of the things that we've really been working on because of this is like, what does accountability for me as a senior pastor of this church, fairly large, um, what does that accountability look like? Is there a place, a safe place that I can um, be able to share some of the struggles in life so that I don't feel like I'm on an island by myself? And um, and great, thankfully, I have a great board that's very much concerned, um, has seen the fallenness of pastors you know, what it does, not just to their legacy, but to the church, mm-hmm. to the people who are under them and going, we don't, we don't even want to get near that. It's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, when you guys were talking, something that I was thinking of is, um, these big crises happen over a long period of time and it's smaller decisions that lead to bigger decisions or just a bunch of small uh, little decisions but Baby steps. Um, when you are a pastor you are glorified and you are put on a pedestal and I think um, something that can be difficult about that is to assume that you aren't dangerous anymore or that um, well I'm, I'm good you know and so um, I can have this one drink or I can look at porn this one time working from the assumption of I'm actually pretty good rather than the heart is deceitful above all else. So I think, um, something that would be grounding (laughs) for men in that position is not to assume, um, that your nature has changed. Um, even though you are in Christ, 
Um, another thing that I think is characteristic throughout these stories is a level of isolation um, for these men in power. And that can be both because their experience is really unique and their leadership is unique, but also um, they can isolate themselves and not pull in community in. And I think that looks like transparency. So who in your life do you have complete transparency with? And um, if that's not your wife, I, I think that can be healthy to an extent mm -hmm. um, where you don't tell your wife absolutely everything, but who knows everything? Um, and sure, like we might say, God knows everything, so we're fine. Um, yes, but he's also given you a community. If it only needed to be God, the body of Christ wouldn't exist. Um, the church wouldn't exist. So, um, and then from just to your comment, Jared, from a woman's perspective, um, I definitely think God can still use the ministry of Ravi. Like his, um, his videos are still going to be up on YouTube and what he's done in apologetics and his um, ministry and foundation. Those are all going to still exist. But for the women that he assaulted and abused, his ministry is no good for them. Mm -hmm. um, and probably lots of not just those women, but any women. Right. right? Yeah. Vast uh, variety. Yeah. Um, and so there's a huge loss there. Um, and we can't excuse immorality or we can't separate growing in our relationship with Christ from growing in our morality. We cannot divorce those two. Mm -hmm. and unfortunately, that gets really easy. Yeah. 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 Nothing's ever cut and dry. Right. It's always going to be mucky. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you talked about isolation, Reagan, that um, many of these um, men had people around them that that didn't challenge them, mm -hmm. you know, in that space. Yeah. And, you know, when you're not being challenged, when you're not asked the hard questions, when you're not asked to give an accountability um, for what you're doing, like the, the fall is near in yes. that space. And I think that's what's so detrimental and yet so easy because, you know, at a certain level of leadership, it is easy to isolate yourself. It is easy to, to step away because it, because of the uniqueness of, you know, the, the situation. And so like one of the things, one of the networks that I'm a part of is, um, church pastors who have churches above 800. And so there's, there's six of us, uh, in this group and the challenges that we face are uniquely different yep. from what people are facing, you know, in churches of 50 to 75 or hundred or whatever it might be. And the isolation that can happen at that level is, um, is always just right, in the, right around the corner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Matt, uh, I just want to ask this question. Mm -hmm. We're getting close to wrapping up, and I just, I think not everybody's in a leadership position. Not everyone is leading a church or leading anything. Uh, for someone who feels like, man, I'm leading this double life. Yeah. I have the life that I'm showing everybody else, and then I also have this, I always call it the big ugly. We have this <laughs> thing that is ugly that we're always trying to hide, right? And everybody has this thing inside them that they're like, man, I got to do everything I can to protect people from seeing this big ugly inside me when the reality is, is we all have it. Um, and so for someone who's listening or watching right now, uh, what would you say to them? How do you start processing through that big ugly and getting over the shame and actually finding healing in a healthy way that doesn't destroy your life? Mm. So I don't know that the last part is possible. Yeah. Depending on the Mm -hmm. on the situation, right? On the situation, that, sure. Um, sin is destructive, right? It, mm -hmm. it wants to destroy life. And so uh, that's what sin does to us. Mm -hmm. And so to walk into sin that eventually becomes habitual sin yeah. uh, gets to a point where you can't, you can't hope to heal 
everything mm -hmm. and not avoid consequence, which yes. I think is what keeps us hidden in the closet. And the reality is, is that all of us have, you know, the skeletons in the closet, not just one, but like a dozen skeletons. Mm -hmm. And we're totally afraid to open the skeleton because the truth of the matter is, is that we share some level of intimacy together. Mm -hmm. And so like, if you really knew me, I think, mm -hmm. um, then there's no way that you could love me. Mm -hmm. right. I, so I can't be fully loved in this moment. So I'm just going to be guarded in this space when the reality is from at least what we see in scripture is that man when you know my skeletons then we can actually enter into real community and real intimacy in those spaces but there's this guardedness in that mm -hmm. and so i think that like the prescription i guess if we call it that in scripture is exactly what reagan was speaking to earlier um it's in trusted community mm -hmm. right where we are to confess our sins to one another that's James, right? Mm -hmm. um, that there's there's healing in that and that we should be confessing and praying. And then there's accountability in that space as well. I think also that when it comes to the confession, like the other side of that is is admitting that it is sin, mm -hmm. right? And First um, John says that when we confess our sins, that our God is faithful and right, faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't mean it's not without consequence. Right. But I think that's, that's where people at. get tripped up. Yeah. Is they, they think, well, how you know, God said he would forgive me. How come this is happening? You know, it's, I mean, if you have, I don't know, a kid and you're not married to them, the kid doesn't just go away because you asked for forgiveness. Yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, and consequences are going both. There's good consequences and bad consequences. Right. And God can take the bad consequences and, and somehow manage to make something good. Well, out that's of what it. I was going to say yeah. at the very end is that when it comes to the consequence of our sin and our willingness to admit it in community, then God almost always uses that to grow us, mm -hmm. right? It's in the conflict, it's in the trials of our life that God intends to use in order that we might produce joy, mm -hmm. which ultimately, ultimately produces a steadfastness in us that goes to God no matter what happens in this world, that, um, that I'm standing by you. Yeah. And none of us are, are without that. And so my guess, what I would say is if you are in habitual sin right now and it looks like this sin is going to destroy you, um, it will. Mm -hmm. There's no hiding it. Yeah. It will mm -hmm. destroy you. And so better to Be sure your sins it. will find you out. Yeah. Is what my grandma used to always tell me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Better the, to with the cookie behind my back. Absolutely. Better to confess it, uh, to walk through the pain mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. shame and the sorrow and the grief, mm -hmm. um, find healing and forgiveness in that, and then move forward with your life. Yeah. Well, Reagan and Matt, thanks guys. So, so much for being with me today. And, uh, uh, Man, it, it's just fun to, to be able to get together and have an open conversation about the real things that are happening in the world around us. And so thanks for, for being willing to chat with me a little bit today. We have uh, always different things going on, uh, not just our podcast, but check out our YouTube channel or Facebook. Uh, we have uh, a new message series called, uh, man, it, what's it called, Matt? What are we in right now? Shooting silver, no silver oh, bullets. No silver bullets. <laughs> yeah. yes. I was yeah. wondering what you were yeah. going for. Yeah, yeah. no silver yeah. bullets is what we're yeah. doing. Shooting werewolves in the night, I think, is what it's called. No, uh, no silver bullets. <laughs> just talking about how how do we live out our faith, uh, and that there's not just one silver bullet way to do that. But uh, check that out. You can watch our messages uh, online and uh, fun other fun content that's coming out. The Late Show. We have Practical Living. All kinds of really cool stuff happening uh, around the Crossroads community. So thanks, guys, for being here, and we'll we'll see you next time.